Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll look back on the expansion of soybeans here in Manitoba. Also, Glendalee Allen-Vossler catches up with the Managing Director of the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre to talk about some recent funding from Ottawa. Up first in today's country comment, I'll be joined by the Chair of Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food here on International Women's Day. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Today is International Women's Day. Laura Lazo is chair of Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food. Well, women play an absolutely essential role in agriculture. There is absolutely no question about that. Um, the question is how much we know about that, how much uh, we understand the impact of women. So women are involved in every part of the farm. They can be uh, operating equipment, they can be um, running errands, uh, um, looking after the family, looking after HR needs, the finances, etc. So uh, one question that um, I put to people, which is uh, in 101 uh, business practice is, what would happen if my business ceased to operate? So we can do the same thing uh, in regards to women that farm. What would happen if women today stopped farming or um, uh, partnering up with their, uh, the rest of their family in the operation? And you can see that it would be, uh, the, the impact would be huge. So um, if the men had to run the whole operation, they would obviously be able to do far less than what they are able to do today. So that not only has an impact at the family level, but also at the provincial level and at the uh, um, uh, national level. So the, the work that women do is not always monetized. Their representation or the quantification of their actual work is not understood just yet. But we all know that if they were not here, the Canadian agriculture sector would not be what it is today. Are we seeing more women get involved in the industry? Um, well, Yes and no, in the sense that it depends what you look at. So in terms of farm operators, um, the last statistics showed uh, the um, farm that the number of women that operate a farm has pretty much remained the same for the last five years. And that is about um, not quite 24% of all farm operators. On the other hand, um, there are, we don't really know how many more women enter the industry, either as entrepreneurs or as corporate members. We need the statistics, um, and uh, our group wants to conduct that kind of research. Um, also, we know that um, women enroll, there are more more women enrolling in agricultural education program than men. And so when they graduate and they're about to enter the industry, there is slightly more women than men. 
However, the number of women that fall out along the career track is quite significant. It's what is called the leaky pipeline. So as you move up along the um, uh, career uh, um, career line, you can see fewer and fewer women. So to answer your question, I don't know today uh, what is the correct answer. I don't know how many women are coming in and how many women are advancing along the career track. We also know that at the entrepreneurship level, as a business owners, uh, overall across sectors, women represent about 25% of all uh, business owners. Um, that said, uh, we also know that entrepreneurship is on the rise. So there are more women entering, um, starting a business. Um, but we also know that those businesses tend to make far less than um, businesses run by men. They're more vulnerable. I'm talking about across sectors because we don't have the figures for agriculture. And so entrepreneurship is on the rise and there are very good reasons for that. But we don't have a clear picture as to what happens in terms of success and, and the growth of those businesses. That was Laura Lazo. She's the chair of Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food. She joined us here today on International Women's Day. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Women play an integral role in the agriculture industry. Today is International Women's Day. Laura Lazo is chair of Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food. Women play an absolutely essential role in agriculture. There is absolutely no question about that. Um, the question is how much we know about that, how much uh, we understand the impact of women. So women are involved in every part of the farm. They can be uh, operating equipment. They can be um, running errands, uh, um, looking after the family, looking after HR needs, the finances, etc. And shelter belts are proving to be beneficial this winter with the large amount of snow that's fallen. Richard Warkington is with the Stanley Soil Management Association. Right now, I've noticed even more than ever, uh, there's a el big element of uh, snow, uh, keeping snow on the, on the field so that, uh, you know, so that the water doesn't just run off into the, into the, into the waterway. But uh, when it snow melts, it'll, it'll stay on the field and uh, it'll benefit the crops. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, March 8th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Wasser catches up with Peter Watts, the managing director of the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre. Today, Glendalee Allen Wasser chats with Peter Watts, the managing director of the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre, about some recent funding from Ottawa last year's crop and prospects for new varieties. Now, Peter, what we wanted to focus in on is the, the federal agriculture minister recently announced over $960,000 for the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre. Remind us about some of the work that we see being done at the centre. Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre is a not-for-profit member-based organization that provides 
uh, technical and marketing support to the Canadian barley value chain. So we work with our members, uh, including uh, grain companies, malting companies, seed companies and breeders, to, to help uh, commercialize new Canadian malting barley varieties in the domestic and international marketplace, uh, working with uh, maltsters and brewers in uh, places like China and Japan to promote a Canadian malting barley um, and its, its high-quality value proposition. And we use our technical services at the head office in Winnipeg with our pilot malting and brewing facilities to carry out some of this work. Before we get into the funding that the centre is receiving and what we're going to see happen with that, talk to us a little bit about the quality of the the product that came in last year and how, in turn, our customers reacted to that. 2021 was a very challenging crop year uh, with the drought and the heat. Um, and as a result, the barley um, harvested in Western Canada was uh, very high protein content, for example, um, and there were some other quality challenges. Protein is an issue for the maltsters and brewers. Typically, they like a lower protein content, somewhere in the sort of 10 to 12.5% range, but the average this year was closer to 14%. So that's creating a lot of challenges um, for the malting and brewing industry uh, here in Canada and, and for our international customers. Now, as we mentioned, uh, the uh, centre is receiving over $960,000 from Ottawa. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of this funding and how it's going to be used. Well, the agri-marketing program funding uh, is really critical to uh, the CNDTC. Um, we've been a recipient of funding through um, <clears throat> Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's agri-marketing program uh, really since the inception of the CNBTC 20 years ago. Um, but it, it constitutes uh, really core funding uh, to support the market ap- market development activities that we do uh, in the global market uh, and to promote um, the quality of Canadian barley and malting barley specifically uh, to our customers. Uh, again, using our technical services and uh, communicating and promoting the quality uh, of Canadian barley to end users. So where do we see our key markets and uh, where do you think we can gain some ground now? Well, we are very uh, heavily reliant on uh, a couple of export markets. In particular, China is really our largest market for barley, um, our largest export market for barley, I should say. Um, And uh, our domestic malting industry, which also is uh, one of the largest markets for, for Canadian malting barley, uh, they're also quite reliant on a few select export markets for processed malt, such as the United States and Japan. So we certainly could use some diversification in our markets. Um, countries like Mexico offer enormous opportunity for both uh, malting barley and processed malt. We're already selling uh, quite a lot of processed malt there. Um, and then other markets in South America, for example, Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru uh, are markets with great opportunities. And some of the Southeast Asian markets uh, like Vietnam and South Korea and, of course, Japan offer opportunity for growth for Canadian barley and malt products. How much is actually used domestically and what's exported? The domestic malting industry in Canada uh, purchases about 1.1 million tonnes of malting barley each year for processing, and about two-thirds of that is exported uh, as processed malt to our customers internationally, and about one-third of it is used by the domestic brewing industry uh, right here in Canada. So moving forward, uh, you talked about some some markets that we want to move into. 
Do you see growth potential for more acreage within Canada as well? Well, Canadian barley barley has to be competitive for Canadian producers in order to grow it. Um, we've seen very strong barley prices in the past couple of years, and that's actually supported uh, increased acreage. Um, we actually had the highest uh, seeded area in 2021 um, in about uh, 12 years. But, of course, all crops now uh, are very high-priced, and so it's going to be uh, interesting to see uh, how uh, what farmers choose to grow in, in 2022. I think uh, in the long run, uh, with new malting barley varieties um, that are being registered in Canada with higher yields, that uh, better disease resistance, better uh, lodging resistance, uh, this will encourage producers to consider growing malting or growing barley, both malting and feed, um, and uh, keep us uh, keep barley competitive in in future with with other crops and keep us competitive in the international market. You referenced uh, the work being done as far as new malting barley varieties. Uh, of course, last week we saw the Prairie Grain Development Committee meetings. You took part in that. Are you excited about? some of the things you're seeing coming down the pipeline? Absolutely. I mean, Canada has world-class uh, breeding programs um, that are developing uh, and, uh, and registering uh, <clears throat> barley varieties that are very high quality, and that, that quality is recognized uh, by our, our customers around the world. So we have a reputation for very um, high-quality malting barley uh, varieties, and of course our producers know how to grow uh, malting barley to make it uh, to keep it uh, high quality uh, our exporters know how to export it to processors um, so the whole value chain in Canada is, is uh, uh, very efficient and, and producing high quality product uh, for our customers so yeah very excited to see the new varieties that are coming being uh, registered uh, this year and in the past couple of years um, and, um, and we're working hard to get those uh, commercialized and, and uh, in the system for our, our international customers. The key, of course, is to make sure that all areas across that value change, transportation-wise, are, are firing in full force. Absolutely. So we, we work uh, closely with our uh, stakeholders, our members here in Canada, as mentioned, including uh, from breeders and growers uh, through the uh, grain companies and malting companies, to make sure that we are uh, communicating, discussing about the new varieties uh, and getting them into the system as quickly as possible so we can benefit, you know, maximize the return on investment uh, for these uh, new varieties. And, um, and, and as they're more better yielders, better disease resistance, ultimately uh, more com- makes the whole industry more competitive. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with producers today? Well, let's hope that we get some good precipitation leading into 2022 um, and have a, have a good, uh, good start to the season. Uh, the world needs Canadian barley, so let's hope we have a good crop this year. I've been talking with Peter Watts. Peter is the Managing Director for the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.
Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Marmac Farms and Guest Bull Sale takes place tomorrow at the farm near Brandon. The sale gets underway at 1 p.m. Visit marmacfarms.net for details. Farm Credit Canada is holding a Farmland Values Report webinar March 15th. Get the details on the FCC website. The Stanley Soil Management Association is hosting its AGM Tuesday, March 15th. That'll start at 7 p.m. on Zoom. You can call or text 204-362-0352 to register. Manitoba Canola Growers is holding a webinar on March 16th, starting at 11 a.m. Register on their website and the Sustainability of Canadian Agriculture Conference 2022. It's planned for March 16th to the 18th. Details on the University of Manitoba Agriculture website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. All this week, we're celebrating the 65th anniversary of CFAM Radio 950 with a look back on some of the top agriculture stories over the years. Today, we're joined by Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang, who talked about the expansion of soybeans in Manitoba. You know, it's it's interesting when we look back in time and we kind of go back to the early 2000s, um, even even back as far as, you know, uh, we were only looking at about 20,000 acres in 2000. Um, and that was, you know, mostly in the southern part of the province, in the Altona, Morden, Carmen areas, up to Morris. Morris was another big area as well. Um, but it, w- it was very basically a very small region that we were growing soybeans in. At that time, the soybeans that we were growing uh, were basically conventional soybeans. So the, the herbicide-tolerant soybeans weren't around yet. Um, those early yields, um, provincial yields, you know, in the year 2000, uh, we had 27 bushels an acre. That was our provincial average, which compared to what it was this year with how dry things are, that's what our provincial, uh, our provincial average is right in that same ballpark again this year. Now, um, our five-year average, as, as things kind of moved on, our current five-year average is more like 35 bushels an acre. So we have been able to um, uh, get better yields, and I think a large part of that was the, the uh, development of early maturing varieties in Manitoba, and varieties that are suited for our province. Um, the, those early varieties that we were growing back in the early 2000s, um, what was happening there was we were getting varieties from other areas like Ontario and North Dakota um, that weren't really suited for our growing conditions. It would grow, but they wouldn't reach their maximum potential. So we've come a long way over the last number of years, and uh, it really shows in the, in the yield. And this year, we were just over a million acres, so there's definitely been growth in the soybean industry in Manitoba. Just talk a little bit about prices over the years, you know, and where things are at now. Well, you know, this is a very unusual year, I guess, when it comes to prices. Um, new crop contracts right now for 2021, uh, $17 a bushel. Um, when we were first starting to grow soybeans, those prices were probably in that 5 to $6 a bushel. And then slowly started to creep up, and then we were looking at eight, eight, and nine, and then for a number of years, we started to see you know twelve and thirteen dollars a bushel being very common. And this year, you know, all those numbers are kind of just all out the window, um, with all commodity prices being much stronger than they have been in in the past. Just talk a little bit more about what you're expecting. You know, this upcoming year here. Um, you know, we had the dry dry year last year, but um, you know, what, what are you expecting for this upcoming growing season? Well, it, it's interesting. Like we, uh, you know, the actual provincial average this year was was 28, um, and uh, it was super dry for most in most areas of the province this year. 
there were some bright spots, though. There were some areas that did get rainfall, uh, timely rains during the summer that really helped those yields. And I'd heard this year in areas that did get rainfall, 35 to 40 bushels uh, in some areas, and even as high as 50 bushels on the odd, on the odd field. So moving forward, um, I think we'll probably maintain our acres that we saw this past year, somewhere around that million acre mark. Um, all commodities right now have, have good prices, so I think things are going to kind of maintain their, their status quo for one more year here. There might be some ups and downs on a, on a few different uh, crops, but for the most part, I think soybeans should uh, remain pretty constant. Um, the other interesting thing that we've seen in the last couple of years is uh, we're starting to see a few more conventional soybeans being grown. Those IP soybeans that we first started with are uh, that type of technology is coming back again, but they're coming back with better varieties, early maturing varieties, and um, the companies that are contracting those are uh, contracting them right from the seed, uh, selling the seed all the way through to the final product at the, at the end of the day. So for some growers, that's an option. You know, if they're looking at, uh, you know, some, some different premiums, um, they have some premiums over and above their, their regular herbicide-tolerant beans, and um, it does help with uh, maybe changing your weed control package around because they do different, use different chemistries to control the wheat. That was Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang looking back on the expansion of soybeans in Manitoba. It was part of our celebration week in honor of CFAM Radio 950's 65th anniversary. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers are hoping all the snow we've seen this winter will recharge the soil moisture after last year's drought. Richard Warkington is with the Stanley Soil Management Association. He talked about how shelter belts can help improve the situation. Well, there is snow on the fields, yeah, and and I would say the most part, uh, uh, the shelter belts help to distribute the snow throughout the field. The denser shelter belts you seem to have, there's a bit of a pile of snow on each side of the shelter belt. But actually, underneath that snow, that snow will, will slowly uh, melt. It goes almost directly into the aquifer. The, the, when the snow melts, it uh, goes into the groundwater, and it's a great way to uh, recharge the groundwater. And today is International Women's Day. Laura Lazo is chair of Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food. She talked about the importance of the day. Oh, it's very important. Uh, it mobilizes people all around the world. It is um, a day where uh, people take stock of the contribution that women make to society and to industry. So uh, but that is, uh, it, it's very important that women and businesses take stock uh, of um, uh, the importance of what they do because it raises awareness. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the March USDA WASDE reports. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.